history, our first goal. This is the Originals Podcast. I'm Sam Lane. Thanks for listening in. Right off the top this week, recognition of a momentous happening since the last edition. Here's a snapshot soundtrack. Friday the 26th of February 2021 is the date the Richmond Footy Club enjoyed its first ever win in the AFL Women's League. Final scoreboard, Richmond 9-6-60 defeated Geelong 2-1-13. The pulsating, Hurstry-making 47-point win was achieved at Geelong's home ground. The Tiger goal kickers were Katie Brennan, 3, Courtney Wakefield, 2, and Ellie McKenzie, Sabrina Frederick, Gabby Seymour and Cody Jacques, all one major apiece. Monconti was the Tigers' leading ball winner with 27 touches, and there were countless great and happy stories of persistence, belief and dedication all around. From both centre stage and behind the scenes, from Richmond players, coaches and support staff, to families, loved ones and extended networks trailing right back to the origins of where a collection of sporting stories started and grew. And a tiger army. It might have taken an AFLW season and a half to get there, but people from Punt Road have been telling me all week that this win was well and truly worth the wait. The elated faces captured on the night, in film and in freeze frame, underscore it. So now, in this sixth episode of the original Series 2, we meet Beck Miller, a tiger who has worked, sacrificed, taken calculated risks and moved her entire life to be in the position she's in today, a Richmond AFLW player. Beck's 25. She stands at 184 centimetres or six feet tall and is a defender who made her AFLW debut in round 1 2020 on the same night Richmond joined the AFLW League. You're about to hear Beck say she's living the dream. She packed up her life in Sydney and even slept on a mate's kitchen floor to get there. There are some tears ahead as she shares other details behind the story of how and why. This chat with Beck is the 16th episode of the originals and is now one of my very favourites. You'll find every edition where you get your podcasts and on richmondfc.com.au. And in 2021, it's an extra happy thing that The Originals has a sponsor. It's Wise Employment, which exists to help people who have employment barriers, including mental illness and disability, find meaningful work. Find out more at wiseemployment.com.au or call 1800 685 105. Now, drumroll please. And thanks to Bilal, our excellent podcast producer for that, before we meet our subject today who wears the number 15 for Richmond and also tells us right off the top that she's a big fan of the originals. Nice move. Beck Miller, it is great to see you. I would love, as always, to be sitting opposite you in person, but we're doing it the best we can in 2021, and that is on Zoom. Welcome to the originals. Well, thank you very much for having me. Uh, really excited for this opportunity, Sam, and um, love what you've been doing with the uh, Originals podcast. So um, super excited to be here. I thought 
thought we had a sponsor in Wise Employment. I didn't know that Beck Miller was all over. Who, just, I've got to ask, who's your favourite uh, original so far? Like I listened to all of the season one, but season two is more recent. I've loved Ferg and I've loved Hosco, um, and I'm halfway through Ellie McKenzie's at the moment. So um, I've got some tough competition to, to be a good episode, I reckon. I know you can do it. I really do because not one has disappointed me so far. Do fill me in. Uh, it's, you know, late afternoon. I'm sure you've done quite a bit before before landing here and I really appreciate you making time. What has your day looked like so far? Woke up and had some brekkie and then got stuck into some, some work and um, my job is social media marketing um, for All in One, a labour hire company in Melbourne, which is great fun. So I got stuck into that for a few hours. Um, I'm a casual at the moment in terms of trying to juggle uh, work and footy life. So I have a really good boss, Grant Savari, who's really helpful. So, um, you know, before the season started, um, I dropped down a casual just so I could, you know, go to footy when I needed to and have the extra sleep-ins when I needed to and whatnot. So by about yesterday, I'd worked over 25 hours, which is my average. So I've only done a couple of hours today. Um, so I could sort of just have that sleep in, do a bit of work, and then I caught up with a mate at about oh, 1 p.m. at St Kilda Beach. It's a nice hot day here for a change in Melbourne. So, um, yeah, enjoy getting the beach as well. It was beautiful temperature, um, not too many people there because everyone's probably working, unlike me. <laughs> um, but, no, I went to the beach with him and, uh, yeah, just headed back home and had a quick FaceTime with my sister-in-law and my nephew, um, which was awesome. So enjoyed that. And then I... Yeah, got ready for training and, and rushed here. So it's been a, a really good day full of good balance, I reckon. And then I'll head home and have some meatballs and pasta pre-game. I love it. I feel like I'm I'm in your life right now. Um, <laughs> well, we'll probably have enough for dinner if you want to come over. We could probably, you could probably uh, fit you in if you wanted. There's a fair bit, of, fair few meatballs. I need a Vedro one, I've got to say. Um, so, yeah. I don't know, we might get some halloumi for next time. <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure I put it on the uh, menu next time. In preparing for this, really struck by the fact that I feel like there's quite a bit of depth in terms of your footy story, but in terms of your non-footy story. And given we've kind of started with what your life looks like away from footy, I'd love to kind of get right in there if if you're cool with that from, from the get-go. And you strike me as someone who's already given the season that we're in, the times we're in in the world, who has had to really adjust their working life and therefore their whole life around AFLW. Uh, we've, we've seen a bit of coverage around that. We know that the sacrifices that uh, women players are making are greater than the men, frankly, because um, as it stands, uh, you know, you're, you're essentially part-time athletes, even if living full-time athlete lives. Um, how tricky is it for you to manage yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess, you know, you've hit the nail on the head. Um, we're expected to be full-time athletes on a part-time salary. Um, to begin with, though, I never thought I'd be playing footy and getting paid for it. So um, on one side, it's an absolute thrill. Um, and then the other other flip side, yeah, you, you want to give it your best and you want to give all the time and, and devote yourself fully to it. Um, it it's just not possible when, when you're not sort of being able to get enough to live off, I guess. But... Um, Look, yeah, I guess the, the, my office where I work is about 50 minutes from where I live, um, one way. So um, I find that quite hard, like the commute and the travel. Like I'd love to, to work from home full time, but 
Um, it's not possible, you know, you need to be in the office some days, which I get, understand and, and, and comply with, I guess. But, um, yeah, between, you know, travelling to that and then trying to get back for training and making sure you're well rested but you get up early enough to get in the office on time, it's a, it's a constant juggling act, um, one which we all enjoy the challenge of, but it, it is a challenge. So I think, um, yeah, it's just a constant... Um, tug and pull with, with the time and where you're putting your priorities but you know cl- it's clear in my mind like AFLW is number one priority um, and it's it's such a short time of my life so you know wherever I can I will prioritise AFLW um, get, where you know that's you know stretching at night or getting to the club earlier and that's maybe working less or getting paid less but you know um, I do recognise this is such a small part of my life and I'll look back on it one day and just think, how do I do it? But at the moment, um, yeah, there are challenges, but it's also a lot of fun too. And um, we're so lucky at Richmond. We have some great support um, on and off the field. And um, in terms of my work as well, as I said, my boss, Grant Savari, um, has been such a help from day one. Um, he's just incredible. He's never said no to anything I've asked, footy-related. And, uh, yeah, he's a really big supporter of myself and the Richmond women's team. So I, I'm... I'm very lucky. I feel like I'm one of the very lucky ones who, yeah, do have those challenges, but uh, I've got a lot of support to help me through it. So bring to life week to week, given we're all only finding out every Monday who's playing where, are we even playing at all, Um, your opponents change, uh, time slots are changing. What do you do on a Monday, Arvo, when you get the fixture? Are you kind of holding off your shifts? Are you, do you make a phone call? Do you send an email? How are you balancing all of that? I I have, I, I love lists. I absolutely love ticking things off and, and I'm a big list girl. So, um, you know, I have things to do each day. Um, I have them on my phone and I'll tick them off. And one thing on my list on the Sunday is to plan my week. So, um, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Sunday Arvo, I'll sit down um, with a hard copy with paper, you know, believe it or not, not on my phone, but I'll have a, I'll have a paper schedule for the week ahead and, um, yeah, love it. Paper's, paper's the way to go. It's, you know, still relevant today. So I will sit down with a piece of paper Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday through to Sunday, different different times. Um, I'll block out where I'm at work. I'll block out my training days. The club have been very good and said, even in these uncertain times, we're going to train Tuesday and Thursdays unless we have a Friday game. So we've got some certainty there in a world of so much uncertainty. So, you know, block out Tuesday, Thursday nights for training. Um, and then I'll try and sort of slot in, um, you know, I might have a Mayo or a car in the week, try and slot that in. Um, I've got a few friends I like to catch up with on a weekly basis, so I try and slot them in. Um, and then, you know, depending on when I find out when we're playing, I'll, I'll put that in the calendar. But I also like to, under each day, sort of put in a number of hours that I'll work, that I'll try and aim for. So, you know, Mondays, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm in the office, so I'd like to work six to seven hours there. Um, and then on the Wednesdays, work from home, I'll probably work five or six. And then Friday's quite a light day in, in terms of work. So I aim to hit about 25 to 30 hours of work a week, um, and that planning session helps me just nut it out a bit further. So, yeah, that's, I guess, how I attack the weeks. Tell us about your job. The official title is a Social Media and Marketing Specialist for AO, the, the great labour hire company in Melbourne. And basically I'm in control of the brand, um, the brand direction, um, and making sure our key messages are getting out to 
key internal and external people. Um, I love working with the people we have in the office. They're, they're a great bunch of people. Um, we're quite tight knit. It's a bit of a there's about ten in the office. So, um, but I'm the only one in my department. So, I'm trusted a lot, which I really thrive and enjoy that aspect. My boss doesn't, um, you know, um, I guess hold a microscope over me. He lets me do what I want and um, trust me. But you know, I, I'm constantly. Um, in touch with him and ask him for his ideas and feedback and, and involvement. So we have a really good relationship there, which is awesome. But I really love, what I love about the social media marketing thing is, is the ability to connect with people online and offline. Um, and I'm really passionate about videos, especially. So um, I guess I've been over the last year or two trying to develop and hone in on my video skills there. And one day it would be amazing to, you know, have a video production business, you know, if I'm sort of looking at, you know, dream dreaming big and, and whatnot it's a fair way away at the moment but um yeah i'd love to hone in and um yeah do video a bit more because i just think it's amazing how you can you know strike up connections with people and then tell their story in such a beautiful way and when you create a piece like that and you watch someone's reaction when they're watching it it's uh it's quite special just a short pause here to tell you about the first sponsor of the originals podcast it's Wise Employment, a Melbourne-based, Australian-owned, not-for-profit organisation that's been helping Australians for nearly 30 years. Wise's ultimate vision is to inspire, transform and enable people to realise their potential. Wise pushes for diversity and inclusion in Australian workplaces and it helps people with employment barriers like mental illness and disability to find meaningful work. WISE's partnership with Richmond's AFLW team is motivated by WISE Employment's particular dedication to supporting women athletes and empowering women in all aspects of life. WISE has a Richmond office and over 100 others across Victoria, New South Wales, Tasmania, South Australia, Queensland and the Northern Territory. The friendly team at WISE Employment would love to meet you and discuss how they can help you find employment or help find the right fit for your team. Visit wiseemployment.com.au or call 1800 685 105 and tell them, if you like, that you heard about WISE thanks to the Richmond Footy Club and the Originals podcast. Now, back to our chat with Beck. It's tricky in a, in a short period of time when people ask you a question like this, but your life story you know where did it begin I I was born in Sydney and then about five years six years of age moved out of Sydney Um, my parents just didn't want to bring us bring us up in the city they wanted to look for the country life and so we headed to the far north coast of New South Wales up near Ballina Lismore area I did my primary school years up there an amazing part of uh, the country absolutely beautiful and some great people as well uh, then dad was chasing a bit more, I guess, professional development and, and wanted to become a principal and, and climb up the education ranks. So he got a, his first principal job in the great town of Wagga Wagga. So nice they named it twice, I like to say. So we moved there. I did my high school in years in Wagga and I, I say I'm from Wagga. I think, you know, going through high school, you have a lot of firsts um, and, you, and you sort of learn a lot about yourself. So that's why I say I'm from Wagga. So I I've just have some great friends from Wagga and it's an amazing place and um, only four and a half hours away from Melbourne. So it's uh, still quite close, which is nice. And it was great to play there last year against the Giants. Not the result we wanted, but something I'll never forget. 
Um, and then after high school, graduated 2013. Um, in 2014, I, I did a gap year, and I knew I always knew I wanted to do a gap year from about two or three years out, two or three years from finishing school. I just knew I wasn't going to go straight to uni. I knew I wanted to go overseas and um, have a good time, see the world, and and discover a, a fair few things about myself and the world in general. So I uh, ended up working for ten months in a scout activity camp near London and that's you know every day I was running like zip line sessions rock climbing session kayaking sessions and then sometimes you're cleaning toilets but it was just an amazing experience I was there was about 50 of us gappies as we called ourselves and um, they were from all around the world so I have mates in Mexico in London in New Zealand in Japan like yeah, you just learn so much. I'm an 18-year-old, halfway across the world, having the best time of my life. It was just an incredible, incredible experience. After that 10 months, had a had a month doing the, the Euro trail, I guess, on the trains with a couple of mates I'd met in London. So that was just another phenomenal experience. I think we racked up 14 countries in one month or something, which is just mind-blowing as someone from Australia, where it takes days to get to just a border, let alone a different country. <laughs> um and then that dream, that sort of, I guess, dream year finally ended. All good things come to an end. And um, 2015, I was in Sydney, did a one-year course. That was a diploma of sports management. You know, everyone says follow your passion, and I, and I love sports. So I did a one-year diploma. I didn't want to do three or four years in a degree. Um, after the diploma, I, found, I managed to get a job at the New South Wales Waratahs, the rugby union place, working in community rugby. They were a bunch of great guys, 20 people, absolute larrikins, and I learnt a lot in my couple of years there. Um, again, I learned just not what you, what you know, it's who you know, because after that job, I got another job through Waratah Connections. Um, again, the sports industry had a consulting business, and I worked for brands like Skeen Snowboard Australia, Water Polo Australia and a few other big names, which was pretty cool. Um, and then I guess in 2018, I actually watched a Giants versus Carlton AFLW game at Dremoyne Oval and um, it was five minutes from where I lived at the time. And it was one of, it was the first game where they had the thunderstorm and they had to go off for that extended time. I didn't, I didn't say the full game. I thought, I'm too tall here. I need to get out of here because I'm going to get struck by lightning. So I, I left. I went, I'm going back home. <laughs> um, but from that game, I just remember watching the women and thinking, how strong and fit do they look? I, I, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to look like that. So, you know, I was in those office jobs at the time and not doing too much physically. And I thought, no, nah, I'm going to go find my local club here and get fit and, and find a new group of friends. And that that thought led to led me to find the Inner West Magpies. They are now. They were the Western Wolves when I when I first went to them. And uh, had a great season with them in 2018. Not the most successful. I think we won four games all season. <laughs> I didn't know the words of the song. That's how many times we lost. So, <laughs> but look, we had a lot of fun off the field, and I I um, learnt a lot at my time at that club. And and then I, I sort of realised whilst we didn't win a lot of games, I sort of saw a potential in myself that I had a little bit of talent in the the world of AFL and. Um, I just, I thought, okay, like, what, what can we do with this? And I had a chat to my coach at the time, Kata, or Aaron Convery, his name is, and he knew actually a lady called Liz Quinn, who's our leadership and culture person down here. So through that contact, I actually got Lauren Tessarera's number and 
over the Christmas, New Year's holiday break in 2019. I absolutely bugged the hell out of her through email and, and phone calls and poor woman, she just wanted a bit of, probably a bit of time off and here I am, this you know yuppie from Sydney trying to chase her down and um, through that, through that, I got an opportunity in February 2019 to come down and have a trial at Richmond and I'll never forget that. Um, it was a Wednesday night, Friday night trial, so I flew down on the Tuesday and I had, I had one friend, I knew one person in Melbourne, only one, and she was from high school in Wagga. I called her, I said, can I stay at your place? She said, yep, no worries, we're struggling for a bit of space though, you're going to have to sleep on my kitchen floor. So I literally slept on a kitchen floor for three nights um, on a, you know, dodgy mattress. But I did not complain because I was I was there. I was in Melbourne. I was I was chasing my footy dream, and she was kind enough, my friend, to drop me off to Punt Road for the first session on Wednesday. And I just remember driving in. I was like, wow, like this is Punt Road Oval. Here we go. And you know, I remember looking at the, getting onto the oval for training and just thinking, I could eat my dinner off this. It's so smooth. It's like a perfect oval, bit different to what I was used to back at the Western Wolves, that good old pick and oval. But um, yeah, through that Wednesday, Friday, just had a crack, did my absolute best. And then I went back to Sydney and had a, had a nervous wait, just waiting to hear anything, something. And then I remember an email came through. I was at work. It was late afternoon. I was in the office and I got this email and they said, yep, would love to take you. To Richmond's credit, they were totally upfront and said, we don't pay anyone to move, we don't pay you to play, like this is all off your own bat. So they were totally upfront and of course, women's footy, I didn't really expect too much of that. So um, I was just so excited. I was so excited. And I, there was someone sitting next to me, but I thought, no, no, I want to tell my family first. So I just did a little bit of a fist pump to myself, kept tapping away on, on the keypad, doing whatever I was doing and then driving home. I couldn't get home fast enough and burst into the mum and dad that's where I was living at the time with mum and dad and I said guess what I'm going to Melbourne and uh I guess that was the beginning of the footy dream and yeah 2019 played VFLW here absolutely loved it just you know the girls were amazing it was a second family instantaneously and uh you know also the coaches were just so so comforting and helpful and especially for someone like me moving to Melbourne um yeah, within a month of that email, I was down in Melbourne and um, trying to find a new job, trying to find a new house. But, you know, if you want it that bad, you make it happen. And, um, yeah, it was just an amazing VFLW season. And as I said, I was right right time, right place, I guess. And uh, with the new rules, I was elevated to AFLW. And, yeah, again, that's another phone call with Kate Sheen, I'll never forget. And, uh, you know, when she told me I was in and they, want, they wanted to elevate me, I was just over the moon and besides myself and I just thought oh I can't wait to tell mum and dad and I remember calling dad and I said oh just how's your day blah blah is mum there oh no she's away for work at the moment I was like oh yeah when's she gonna come back oh a couple of days I thought I can't tell dad first I'm gonna get in so much trouble so I just had to keep the news to myself for a couple more days and wait till mum got home and then I called them both on Sunday and said is mum home he goes yeah yeah I said oh I'm signed I'm in like I'm gonna be a tiger next year so um, that was a fantastic moment and yeah, then I rolled into to AFLW and it's just been a whirlwind ever since. But uh, yeah, I, I, I just can't say it enough, but I really am living the dream, Sam. Like people laugh at me when I say that, but I'm playing for Richmond Footy Club at Punt Road Oval. I've got a great boss. I get a convertible as part of my job. I have a great girlfriend. Like I'm living the dream. So... 
happy days. Exactly. Before you even went to that game at Tremoyne in the in the thunder and lightning and I was there too I will never forget it you were playing soccer you'd played cricket you had played another sport that I wrote down somewhere you were not playing Aussie rules correct like growing up in the country there's not much to do but to play sport so I've tried every sport that you can really try essentially I think uh softball is the most boring one I've played and and hockey's (laughs) hockey's the scariest one I've played um but yeah as I said the the pathways weren't there when I was growing up in my earliest memory of AFL is playing Oz kick at school really so you had the zones you couldn't go over the cones it was divided into threes and I remember I enjoyed the AFL days we had at school in primary school and um there was a, a team called Plateau Power they were pulling together in the local community and uh, I joined it in the under-12s and I absolutely had a ball, loved it. I was lucky enough to win the league best and fairest and I think I came best and fairest in my team. We were undefeated the whole season and lost the granny. So absolutely devastated as a 12-year-old but had a ball and then after that season I couldn't play with the boys anymore. So I go back to soccer, water polo, cricket, touch footy um, because... I could play them at 13, 14, 15, whereas I couldn't play AFL. So, and then in high school, the only exposure I had to AFL was once a year at our school, our girls' AFL gala day, which I had an absolute ball at, but it was once a year again. Um, you know, there was a team in Wagga, the Riverina Lions, I'm pretty sure, and they're quite successful. But every second week, you're travelling to Canberra to play another team. So, um, I would have been happy to have travelled that, you know, being from the country, you just used to get in the car and travelling, but I actually felt a bit bad, you know, to make my parents do that, you know, five hours round trip for a game of footy. Um, and at the time it was, it was quite obvious that there was there was no pathway, you know. Mum and Dad were sort of like, maybe you can be the commentator or, or that, you know. It wasn't like you're going to be the player. So I didn't sort of drag them, make them, you know, drive me five hours return to Canberra. I just stuck with my soccer, stuck with my touch footy. So why yeah. did you go to watch the Giants and the Blues that day? I went by myself. I, I, it's a really good question, Sam. I, I think I was trying to drag along a mate, you know, you know, support women in sport because we'd always go to rugby league or AFL games ourselves and have a few drinks in the crowd. I thought, come on, let's go like watch the women. Come on. And he wasn't keen, um, but he's coming to the game tomorrow. So uh, he's, he's in his words now. But uh, I... I it's a good question. I think we just liked sport at the time and I thought, oh, I'll have a look. And It was five minutes from home, so it was really like, what's what's there to lose? Free entry, five minutes from home, let's go have a look. And it yeah. changed life, that game. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely made, <laughs> made me the person who I am now. So I just remember seeing them marking and kicking the ball and running hard and I thought, that's really inspirational. But there, there was also a part of me deep down which is like, I know I can do that. I know I'm capable. So, and I think from that moment on, I guess the AFLW dream was alive. And until I actually made that, got the call from Kate Sheen, I never told a single person, but I, I knew I'd make it. I just knew I'd make it. Um, if I put my head down and bum up, I knew I'd get there. And there's still a lot of hard work to go, but it's it's a great life to live. I'm living the dream, Sam. I love it. And it would explain why that Beck 
there are some photos from Richmond's first ever AFLW game that I hope they are printed off and framed on your wall somewhere in your life or many walls. Wayne Ludby took one of them and he's a gorgeous man and a great photographer. I think you'll probably know the one I'm talking about. You are running through the banner. I've never seen a more joyful vision. And then there's another one of you with all your family and friends who were there at Carlton Prince's Park that night. Put into words what is captured so beautifully in those two still freeze frames that we'll put up with this podcast, by the way, because they're just beautiful to revisit. Yeah, that's that's actually made me quite emotional thinking and how you've just said it. Like, it's a night I'll never forget, you know, running out to 15,000 people. I never thought I'd be doing that in my life. Um, and to do it for the Yellow and Black, such a famous, proud, historic club, is just such a pinch me moment. And then to have the whole whole family together for it um, at the moment, due to lockdown in Melbourne last year and um, the Sydney outbreak, I haven't seen my family for just under nine months now. So, um, yeah, lockdown in Melbourne, being locked out of Sydney for Christmas and then footy makes it a bit hard at the moment to get back. So, um, yeah, it was probably, like, it was probably the, one of the last times we were together as a family back then. So, yeah, d- Dad got my brother down from, from Cowra, which is quite a hard task, but... We um, would have loved to have my nephew and my sister-in-law, but they couldn't make it for various reasons. But to have them all on the stand and, and you know, knowing they were there, watching me, you know, do my thing was, was quite incredible. And I just appreciate that so much. And to hug them after the game, like it was a game which the, the result didn't matter. Um, it was just being there on the field was, was the big win. And um, obviously they all knew what I'd put in to, to get there and the sacrifices I'd made and... Um, it was just it was just amazing and to have my sister there who's my best friend and whilst that game at Dremoyne was a bit of a pivot point, my sister was also um, a big inspiration. I had a couple of chats to her just after that game, like, you know, should I play AFL? Like there's all these other things we have to consider. There's lots of perception of people who play AFL, blah, blah. And she's Alison just said, Stuff all that, Beck. Like, go play it. If you're good enough, you'll make it. Like, stuff it. Go chase it. And I was like, yeah, you're right, Alison, you're right. So, you know, that that, that Dremoyne game and, and that conversation with my little sister, um, yeah, are two big reasons why I'm here today. And to have my sister and, and my brother, who I've played lots of sport with in the backyard growing up and has probably given me a lot of the coordination skills to play this game. And then to have my mum and dad who have supported me since day one. It's just, it's so hard to put into words, Sam. Um but it's definitely a moment I'll never forget and, and super grateful for and hopefully we can do it all over again as a family one day soon. I feel listening to you that you are just such a, like you get that carrot and then you just get single-minded and you just chase that thing and you're going to go and like devour it. When you look at where you are right now, which is, as you've said, you know, at the biggest sporting club in Australia, really, in terms of paid-up members, if we measure it like that. What are you hoping for in terms of a life in footy right now but also beyond? Um, in terms of this group, I think there's something special being built here. I really do. Um, you know, it may not be evident straight away, but good things take time and I think this group's going to blossom into something pretty special and we're led by Ferg, who's an incredible person and in a just a all-round great coach. I've, I really loved his approach and how honest and open and transparent he is. So I would love for this group to stick together for as long as it could. 
um, in the current circumstances. And then obviously down the track, we've touched on it earlier, but to to be full-time athletes would just be incredible. And uh, I hope it's within the next five years or so. I, I think that's realistic. I really do. And hopefully I'm still around for that. Hopefully these young guns haven't pushed me out by then, but uh, we'll see how we go. I, I, do, I think playing this game as well, um, now that I'm an actual woman, women's athlete, part of women's sport, uh, I do feel a sense of, uh, I guess, ownership that I have to leave this game in a better place and have to leave some sort of legacy for, for future generations. So, yeah, it'd be great to have a positive impact on Richmond and AFLW and, and leave it in a better place than when I found it. And in closing, we've talked and can now see through your words and thank you so much for, for sharing them and the insights, um, even a, a couple of tears. What makes it worth it? The people and the relationships, without a doubt. It, it didn't take me long when I got to Punt Road and, and you know, was successful in that trial to realise at the Richmond Footy Club you're a good person first and you're good at football second. So I think there's some really special people here and, and some lifelong friendships that I'll, also, that I'll always treasure and, um, you know, be forever grateful to Richmond for. That you've said a couple of times that you're living the dream. Thank you so much for expressing that so vividly and wonderfully and generously for the purposes of this today and all the best of luck. Thanks for having me, Sam. Really appreciate the opportunity. I'm Sam Lane, writer and co-producer of The Originals, working with the superstar support of Richmond's excellent digital team. Special thanks, Matt Collada, Ian Goal, Bilal Ali, Elizabeth Yore and Josh Berryman. Thank you for listening. And don't forget, if you're into this, the first 10-part series of The Originals is already banked. We've had long-form chats already with Katie Brennan, Mon Conti and Sabrina Frederick, just to name a few. You'll find these waiting to be downloaded wherever you get your podcasts. Before we go today, Beck Miller made a run at giving us a fresh version of the original's two-word sign-off. Go Tigers. I love it. You <laughs> signed off like a pro. <laughs> Peggy O'Neill might get bumped because, you know, that's how she signs off every pod. Um, Maybe it's subconsciously in, in my mind now after listening to all these episodes to sign off Go, go Tigers. <laughs> Beck's take was pretty good, but I think even she'll approve of us sticking with contemporary Tiger tradition here. So to the Richmond figurehead who signs off like nobody else the Tigers pioneer president, the one and only Peggy O'Neill. It's over to you to conclude another episode of The Originals in style. Go Tigers.